Cinnabuds is brought to you by Associated Bank and Steinhoffel. Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey! Oh! This is Cinnabuds. I am 88.9's Justin Barney. And I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And this is Cinnabuds. Today, we are talking about Booksmart. It's the last day. We got you through high school. I need to go to the end of the year budget numbers. Can't we just graduate, head off to college? That should do it, right? We will persist. I can't hear you. I can't soundproof glass. We have to go to a party tonight. What? Nobody knows that we are fun. We didn't party because we wanted to focus Booksmart on Booksmart is things. the full-length directorial debut from Olivia Wilde. Okay, Polly, can you give us a rundown of the plot? It is two high school about-to-be graduates mm-hmm. who have been very academic and overachiever types. Book smart. You book might smart. Say. Book smart. Oh, that's why it's. That's oh. it. They're book smart. Yeah. So <laughs> they realize on the eve of graduation that they have not really had a fun ex- as much fun as they could have in high school they, since they've been trying to achieve so much, and they decide that it's about time. And it all kind of like takes place on the last day of high school. Yeah, right before graduation. Right before graduation, they're about to go. They have spent so much of their life sacrificing to achieve, you know, to make themselves proud and to achieve their their future goals that they have kind of forgotten about the present. And then they want to go out with a bang here. Um, Kay Polly, what did you think? Give me your hot take. I will say, so generally really liked it. Uh, the last I like the last half substantially better than the first half. Though I did like the first half fine, and then I really got into it in the last half. And then I would also say that the movie is almost exactly super bad. I mean, the even like the like eccentric side characters and the little derivations they make on their trying to get to this party is exactly even the two main characters. They're exactly the characters from Super Bad. Now, normally, this would be, for me, a big criticism when it's, like, this blatant mm-hmm. uh, a, a similarity. But I didn't mind. I mean, because it's 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 instead of two male characters, two female characters, and you don't get this kind of, like, teen movie, teen coming-of-age, edgy, you know, uh, uh, movie with uh, female characters nearly as often or ever. And it did change the dynamic Uh but I, it is extremely similar to that one. I felt like it was, it may, it, I didn't think of that yeah. uh, comparison directly, but I loved this movie. Yeah. Okay. I loved, loved, loved it. Great. Because I felt like it was a movie that we have seen before. Like right. you said, like right. you can, like it's easy to make comparisons to this sure. movie. Like Super Bad felt really like it was in that year yeah, that yeah. time and you can compare this to like breakfast club yeah. and uh, other movies uh, like coming of age mm-hmm. stories that feel in their time but also i feel like this is a movie that has never been made before because it is so uniquely 2019 oh yeah that's true too yeah. and it fits just so well as a movie that was made in 2019 for uh for people that live in 2019 mm-hmm. 
And I felt like it's like a very difficult thing to do. And I feel like it captured the zeitgeist in a way that no other movie really has. I think we'll look back and say like, this is a great representation of how life felt in 2019. And it's a difficult thing to do when you're living in it. You know, mm. it's like looking at a painting from like three inches away. Yeah. And if you have like 10 years to look to like step back and see like the changes. Um, it's easier to see like what the pattern was. And I feel like this movie does a really good job of kind of like editing and curating and putting together and making up what is 2019 in its music, in its fashion, in its attitude. I felt like it was completely and totally in and of this time, which I think is a beautiful and wonderful thing. I loved it. I'm glad. Uh, I The one thing I thought was really interesting about it, and big kudos to this, because this is challenging, especially in 2019. So the, the plot, and you, you were saying it's very 2019, it's very progressive and inclusive, for especially for a high school yes. film, which is something that is, you know, that is, you know, coming together, uh, uh, luckily, though it doesn't sacrifice the edgy humor and making fun of themselves at the expense of progress or inclusion. I mean, you can do both of those things, which I, I think people are, you know, you walk on eggshells and it's understandable that you walk on eggshells at this point because we done some terrible stuff. Right. <laughs> right. But in the world of comedy and in, in this kind of fa- in this kind of genre, it's really important to not lose that. I think once you st- once you start thinking, oh, you can't say this, you can't say that, uh, then you you start to give it too much power. And this movie does a perfect job of not saying, oh no, we shouldn't do all these things. Say we should do all these things, but we can also make jokes about it at the same time mm-hmm. because this is our lives. Um, so that is that was pitch perfect. I thought that element of it. Honestly, the first. It just took me a little bit to get into it, but I love what happened in the last half, and I did not dislike the movie at all. I, I did like it quite a bit. I loved a couple of the scenes. Maybe we'll talk about it in the in the in the rest of the podcast. But there's a few scenes I want to call out that I thought really made it. Um, we'll go over all of those and kind of like see how they compare to the counterparts that have already been made, right. like your super bads and your breakfast clubs. Um, we're going to talk Citizen about Kane, <laughs> Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. It's like direct ripoff. We will talk about all of those just after the break. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank, proud supporter of Milwaukee Film, offering support year round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to Milwaukee Film at AssociatedBank.com slash MKEFilm. Member FDIC. Support for Cinebuzz comes from your membership and Steinhoffel's Furniture. Fourth generation family owned furniture and mattress retailer serving southeastern Wisconsin since 1934. Steinhoffel's offers leather and upholstery, dining and bedroom furniture, plus fireplaces and mattresses. Online shopping at Steinhoffel's.com. Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right, we're back. <laughs> Talking about Book Smart. Um, directed by Olivia Wilde. I just wanted to go, I wanted to talk about the writers of this movie. Um, uh, writing credits to Emily Halpburn, Sarah Haskins, Suzanne Fogel, and Katie Silberman. Because I felt like the writing in this movie was so good. I think I know a couple of those names. I've never heard, not looked at them before. And they're uh, really great comedians. Yeah, and this movie was so funny. And it was so fast-paced. And it was so, I, I felt like driven by the writing is what really made it. And also, 
I the writing, the acting, and the directing. Olivia Wilde, first full-length movie, I felt like she was great. Uh, one of the things that I felt like she did really well were so many of the shots mm-hmm. were so close. So many of them were so close to these actors' faces that it brought you really close to their emotions and uh, um, the young actresses in this movie, uh, the main two characters are like Amy and Molly. They're really They're best charming. Friends. They're really charming. They're really charming. And uh, um, it's played by Caitlin Denver and Beanie Feldstein. And they were just so fantastic. Yeah. As I, I was like, I don't know which one, I don't know which one drove which. Yeah. Of whether the acting was so good because the t- the shots were so tight and you could see it on their face or if the acting was so good that the direction was like, we need to pull in and just show how good this acting is. Remind me of their characters' names. Molly and Amy. Amy is the one. I like both of them a lot. So Molly's the real over-the-top one. She's like the leader, sort of. She's the kind of over- powerhouse. Yeah. And then Amy is the more subtle, quiet one. Yes. Uh, I found her particularly funny just because her character wasn't set up to be super funny. Right. But she was subtle, and so all of her interactions made me laugh harder just because the other one, you you expect it. She's she's larger than life. Like, she's uh, exaggerated right. um, because she's so abrasive. The other one is just, and like, so quick. a little bit meeker, just mm-hmm. a little bit, uh, still very bold, but just I found her very, very funny because of that. I thought so, too. And, and let's... Kind of, we're, we're talking about like big pullback. Like, if you haven't seen this, these the whole movie kind of centers around these two characters, Amy and Molly, and I love their relationship in this movie. Yeah. One of the things that I love about this is kind of like the culture of gassing each other up, of like oh, yeah, yeah. seeing each other and saying and just like going through a series of positive affirmations towards each other. I I really loved that in these characters that they were just so overwhelmingly supportive towards each other and they were yeah. just like so positive about each other. <laughs> uh, I I really love that. Yeah, it's really great. And another thing that uh, Olivia Wilde did, and this is what I was talking more about when I said I like the second half a lot more, a lot more. Yeah, is I mean obviously there's a progress a progression of the plot. So they start off kind of established stuff, but when they start to get into it, all these kind of strange things start happening. Uh, there's a great scene where they try to get a ride. They kind of try to hijack sort of a pizza delivery guy yeah. um, in his car. And he turns out to be very understanding of what they're doing. But he's like, don't you guys think about what you're doing? Like, become like a father figure. Later on, you see, uh, this is a bit of a spoiler. Turn off now. Uh, <laughs> you see his face up in uh, the police station as like a, a wanted criminal. It's just a really funny little details like that. And then there was two these kind of dreamy sequences they have towards the end when they get to the party finally. Oh my god, I love the dream. Those sequences. were so good. One was just this. It wasn't a dream sequence. She was underwater in this beautifully shot scene where she's underwater looking at all the people at the party, and then she sadly comes up and discovers, you know, uh, gets a little heartbreak at the end. But it's filmed beautifully, and the music, like you said, is perfect for that scene. And then there's another scene with Molly where she kind of imagines this guy she likes and her dancing this intricate kind that of musical was, number. I, which that was so one of my lovely. favorite parts of and the entire thing. I only wished, I, I liked it. I, you could go either way. And I think what she did was fine. But I would say that if, I, if that happened like three times, 
throughout the movie. Like maybe there was just like three moments of those as a nice connective tissue would have been really nice too. But again, they had just this little drop of it. it was they cool, had there was too. kind of like this drug scene in the middle that that gets That's that true. got yeah, pretty yeah. cartoonish That's and too, yeah. surreal. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. And I felt like those in a movie that was already where the writing was so fast paced. Yeah, and the the plot moved along so quickly to have those little asides. Yeah. I felt I like I do like those. Yeah, I really like those. It really added to it, and it made it it made it a bit different than the other ones that we were talking about. Yeah, one thing that I loved about this, and in any kind of like high school coming of age story here, is that a lot of it leans on the characters, and the characters in this movie were so fully developed. Yeah, that I felt like they were so fully developed in a way that was so perfect. In it, this movie, I feel like it, comparatively, um, in like the time frame, or this like coming of age, like the last I feel like really good movie that came out that was like a coming of age movie like this was Eighth Grade last year. I was gonna say it's like a comedy Eighth Grade, right? Where like Eighth Grade was was like super real. Yeah, was like this is how it feels to be in Eighth Grade. This is like the feeling of this time. This movie was not so much that. It was like all the levels were turned up on everything. Yeah. Instead of like the eighth grade word of the character, like you are in eighth grade, you have no idea who you are. Yeah. And oh, like that's a lot of the feeling I felt like in high school. Like coming out of it, I wasn't like, oh, yeah. I was like this person or that person. I was like, I don't know if I was like any of these characters because I, you know, like most people in high school, I just wasn't as sure of myself as these people And we are. did not have good writers behind us in, in and, high and school. And we did it. My writers were crap in high school. But I, but I feel like that didn't really <laughs> hurt the movie, even though it was like, it was like well, amped you have up to in be. all these directions. Because you have to that, the, This kind of movie, you have to, it has to be. Eighth grade is like, with people, like objectively observing people in eighth grade, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. This movie is how we think we are in eighth grade. <laughs> I thought I was hilarious <laughs> in high school, and I unfortunately found a tape. Me and my friends would make tapes of us talking and uh-huh. hanging out. I thought I was really just a genius, and I was like, oh, no, you were a complete idiot. <laughs> thi- if anyone saw this, I would I destroyed that tape. I'm like, no one should ever hear me babbling and thinking so confidently that I am a riot, and I was an idiot. None of that was funny. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah, this is how we think of ourselves. In these like little capsules, but also brilliant. Mm-hmm. And each character was was like so fully formed. And it, it, there there is like in all these movies, there's like the high school archetypes. Yeah. And I think this this movie did a great job of like rewriting the the like rewriting the archetypes in 2019. This is a movie that yeah. I came out feeling like there are going to be other movies that try to be this movie. Yeah. Or there are going to be from now on. There are going to be people that write characters based on what these characters are because there was like the the strong close female friendship here yeah i feel like this movie was like the high school movie that goes away from jocks sure. you know like jocks were have been like a central a central theme of like any kind yeah. of like high school drama forever and in this movie they like basically weren't there yeah. it was like the rise of um like a- people who focus on academics right yeah Theater overachievers and theater. It was like academics and the arts on the rise. Sports and uh, you know burnouts are on you know are on the decline. It would be great to have a series of eighties 
uh, co- like uh, teen comedies from the 80s versus the ones right now. Yeah. Because you see the focus is extremely different. The similarities between all teen movies, and sometimes it's a criticism, and I don't think it should be because when you're a teenager, there are like three to four things that you're interested in. Yeah. And that is it because you're not as complicated anymore. And you, I mean, or yet. And I you're trying say. to fit into a thing. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're, try, trying, you're looking at like what is established and what is built and like how can how can I be that thing? Yeah. And I think this movie did a really good job of not not making that thing a thing that we have seen before. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, in, in a way. In a way, yeah. In, in a way. There are many aspects that were unique. I will say that there's it's hard to have a teen comedy where people aren't looking to lose their virginity. Yep. Or they're not looking to get to buy beer. Right. They're not looking to find acceptance from people who they shouldn't need acceptance from. Because those are all universal things. Like as complicated and different as we all are, we're also very similar, especially in those years, because we're all kind of trying to do the same things. So I don't fault it for having those similarities. Super bad is, I think, a really great teen movie, like teen comedy. I think for its time, which wasn't long ago, right, is brilliant. And that you're right, this is not that different in time. Was it like ten years, maybe? It was super bad. It was 2007. I just looked it up, and it's like yeah. super bad. Did a great job of like feeling like 2007. Yeah, you know, like it. It was like that. Breakfast Club was exactly. In the mid '80s, I mean, it was like dead on, and that's why we love them, and that's why yeah. it's it's weird that they stand the test of time, right? With being so of its time. Well, that's the thing. I don't think, and that's why I don't think that's weird. I think it makes perfect sense because, as different yeah. as Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. because of the style, because of the 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 music and everything, every your kid, you're going to high school, you're doing the same thing. Now the only the biggest difference is most of these movies are about white kids. Yeah. Um, then you you got Dope was a great movie that came out a few years ago that has a different perspective. But again, still it's I love that even when you have different like cultures here and there, we're still it's in America. We're all still experiencing many of the same things, just in very very different ways. One thing that I felt, you know, my focus is is music all yeah. the time, and that is my job. And this movie did such a great job of curating the playlist, yeah. of making music was a central part of this. The um, musical advisor was Dan Nakamura, aka Dan the Automator, who is just like an amazing. Oh, I did see that name. And I am, thought that's an funny. amazing uh, musician <laughs> in himself. And the soundtrack for this movie was so good. It was like so much stuff that yeah. we play on 88.9 that I feel is important and that I feel will stand the test of time. And then, like, you see it in the movie, and it's like, wow, this yeah. really does make these moments hit. You know, when Oh Baby comes on by LCD Sound System, yeah. that feels like a moment, and it feels like this is 2019. Those are the things that cement its moment in time as well. There was this really climactic moment where Slip Away by Perfume Genius played. And I pulled out my notebook after that, and I said, I wrote down, like, play Slip Away by Perfume Genius more. (laughs) (laughs) 
on 88.9. It was like one of those things where I was like, yes, this was a song. Like when it came out, I was like, this this is a song that feels important, that is important. And like seeing that at that moment in this movie solidified it as like a song of our time. Yeah. And I love that this had so many moments in it where it was like, yeah, this is life in 2019. This is what it feels like. I like, I personally love the like shaping of history in the moment. I love that. Uh, that is like a part of our jobs and what we do is is like figuring out, you know, the the great parts of the media landscape and like things that are happening right now. And this movie did that in so many ways. The another great thing they did in there, which I hope I'm not wrong. I'm pretty sure I heard an updated version of an older song. Yes. Like it was an 80s. I want to say it was an 80s or 90s song, maybe once or twice that they threw in there, but more uh, like a a current version of it. And then also uh, during a karaoke scene, there's a hilarious scene where one of the kids does um, uh, his uh, Britney Spears impression where he just constantly sticking his tongue out, which is hilarious. Um, I like that they put those references to the older generations because there's a lot, of really great teen comedies and they're incredibly important not just for teens they're great they're perfect for teens but i love watching them now like this is a great one because it's it is a, it's like a little uh time time uh time capsule. capsule thank you yes, time capsule. yes. Uh, <laughs> but super bad i thought was a great one um that was great i didn't even think of that i kind of like i th- I think when you think of like coming of age stories like this, um, the instinct is to think of, you know, John Hughes, John Hughes movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's the master of it. Just, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is legit a masterpiece of a movie. I think. Yeah. But definitely on the on like outside the box, I would definitely check out Dope. I think that Dope was, was so good. It was a really good movie. Dope was really good. And that that's one as well. You're so good with the recommendations. <laughs> There's like that Dope was so great. And, uh, you know, and Superbad was of its time as well. Um, yeah, Dope was a great one. And then out. every John Hughes movie is important. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Even Uncle Buck. But that's not really. He's he's beyond a teen at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, all right. Booksmart 2019. Yeah. I was so kind of like, I went in not really expecting anything or not knowing yeah. anything. And I was like, wow, is that my favorite movie of 2019? Is that an instant classic <laughs> right there? I, I feel like it is an instant classic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's going to, that's the one of those movies that's going to connect to this generation immediately. Yeah. Not just, like, not, just, uh, not just surface level either. I think it's a quality movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I would say even beyond a teen edgy kind of co- group comedy sort of thing, there are a few movies that feel like a teen comedy with that kind of edgy humor and all the kind of slap crazy hijinks. But they're of different generations. Bridesmaids was a really good one. Mm-hmm. Feels like a teen comedy, but it's adults about to get married. And then another one, same crew really, is a, a new movie that just is on Netflix, but Amy Poehler did called Wine Country. So it's like a step beyond that, too. It's almost like maybe like five, ten years later. Oh, that's great. And I was surprised it looked like just like all the people in that I loved, but I was like, oh, this is going to be the comedy. It's hilarious. It's really funny. But it reminds me. It's like this teen comedy sort of coming of age, and as they grow, you can kind of track them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's a fun That's a fun watch. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just, just rewinding just a bit, just yeah. some more things to say about Booksmart. Not that it's hard to make a movie that is, like, based on love, but, like, 
I feel like in the focus of movies of like movies like this in the past have been like when the focus is like the crush on like falling in love. Yeah. I feel like that is not just like movies from 29. If the movie in 2019 is kind of like focused on like love or falling in love, I think we're just like, that's just a part of what is life. And it was a part of what this movie is. And this movie was largely about the friendship between these two girls. And, uh, um, but then I feel like did a really tasteful job of including like their crushes and romances in it and not making it just about those things or just about the relationship, but about all those things and academics and, um, and just so much. I, I'm just, there's a slow motion library montage where they go to the library, like ballers, like a slow motion. (laughs) The music is great. Like that kind of stuff. I think it's gonna really it's yeah it's great. Cinebuds is edited by the wonderful DJ Kenny Perez. (laughs) Our theme song is by Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the license lab. That must take them forever. We also um, get support from Associated Bank and Steinhoffel's Furniture. Ah. We also get support from our members from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. Thank you, guys. And uh, we couldn't do this without people that actually listen to this like you. So thank you. Listen and then comment. That's what I say. Uh, We'll be back next week (laughs) talking about more stuff. Bye. Thank you for listening. Bye.